Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Men are the prize, the podcast. Harvey, your host here. How are you doing, men? How are you doing? I hope you're having a great day. First of all, happy Father's Day. I hope you are going to be treated wonderfully today. I hope the family either left you alone so you could chill or they taking you out somewhere so you could have some fun with your crew, with the kids, whether it's with mom or not. I hope you are being treated like the father, the wonderful man that you are because we deserve it. We definitely do. I hope life has been treating you well. And let's just get to it. You know, I love talking to men. This is what this podcast is for. This is a space for men to open up and you get me a black man to talk to. I'm good. You can see the shirt. You see the shirt, hit the (laughs) website, pick up some merch, rock the shirt. But this week I was lucky to be on this man's podcast. So of course we had to get back together. I bring to you Ernest James. How you doing today, sir? I am great. I am great, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for coming. I love a good bio. I print them out. Get ready. Take a breath. Here we go. Ernest James is a family man, father, and friend with a heart for people. As a minister, mentor, podcaster, and speaker, Ernest has dedicated his life to inspiring and uplifting others. His mission is to help others deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal from your pain, fulfill your purpose. He spreads a message of hope and healing wherever he goes. He believes that we must heal ourselves. When we heal ourselves, we heal our families. Our families heal our communities. Our communities heal our world. Ernest was raised in a two-parent household, but recognized the effects of fatherlessness on his extended family and friends who are being raised by single mothers. Ernest is determined to heal families by helping fatherless mothers and daughters heal from their father wound with his friend to fatherless daughters campaign and mentoring dads and sons with his man up, which stands for men activating newly untapped potential male mentoring program. Ernest also is an advocate for education. After a few failures early in life, Ernest quickly rebounded to complete grammar school finish high school in three years and become a college graduate. Ernest is now an entrepreneur, business owner, minister, and speaker. He believes if you must fail, fail fast and fail first. That way you can rebound and rebuild your life, then help others do the same. Ernest is an author, social media influencer, online course creator, and workshop instructor. Ernest has been a guest speaker on several podcasts, as well as hosting his own podcast, Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. Ernest plans on sharing his message with as many people as will listen. It's a good buyer, brother. You've done much. Yeah, it it seems long when you listen to it. (laughs) When I I wrote it, it didn't seem that long. Mm -hmm. So my first... Probably because I'm you're talking about me, so right. like okay. There you, if I was exactly. if I was talking about somebody else, I'd be like, oh, okay, good to know. <laughs> and it's I ask this always because for men we typically don't get our flowers all the time. So my first question to you is, what is it like hearing your accolades read back to you? You know, it is 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 it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of the things actually. Uh, See, I'm about to start talking already. One of the things that I do, right? I have a I have a business group um, of a small handful of entrepreneurs that um, I'm over, right? And so we go over things and we talk about different things. Um, and so one of the things that we did this year was last year we did um, we did um, what do they call vision boards? Well, we did it this year too, but last year we did vision boards, right? And so when we did our vision boards this year. Um, you know, one of the things that hit me was I went back and I looked at my vision board from last year and I had maybe about 10 things on it. And out of the 10, 
I had accomplished like seven. And so, but the crazy part was I didn't even know I accomplished them because I never stopped to actually take inventory on how far I came. Right. And so Mm -hmm. when I did that, I had had to go back to the group and like, look, we, I know we just did this, you know, uh, vision board party, but let's stop. Let's go back and let's have a, uh, more like an accountability uh, party, should I say. You know, let's go back and look at what we actually achieved. Because I think that as we're doing stuff in life, a lot of times we don't go back and look. And so we're always looking at the next thing, like I don't do this, or I got to do this, or I need this. But we don't take the time to look at what we have accomplished, what we have done, you know, and then just to be grateful for how far you came. Yeah, we all have, we always always got more to do. Right. We always, especially as fathers and husbands and men, it's always something to do. It's always the next thing. But I think we have to take time to actually sit and look at what we have done, what we have accomplished, you know, appreciate ourselves for the work that we put in that we've done, you know. And so back to your original, your your original question um, is, is nice to hear. Like I said, it's kind of, I don't know feels kind of funny because I'm, you know, I'm listening to the whole thing about me. Um, But definitely when I think about what I wanted to do, what I've accomplished, you know what I mean? Especially like Mm -hmm. with my vision board, because I was really starting from like zero. And so to go from zero and have 10 things and accomplish over half of them, I think that's a, that's a, uh, uh, amazing accomplishment for anybody, not just saying it because of me. Um, but and and still working on on things, you know. Um, but I think we all need to take time sometime and, and look at what we've done and what we've accomplished, and just you know, if nobody else do it, just pat yourself on the back every now and then, not pridefully, but just you know, appreciative of the work that you put in to achieve you know whatever goals that you're trying to get to. Oh, true. That's one of the reasons that I read the bio, and if you do podcasts and I've done other people's podcasts and sometimes they'll read it separately. And I've done that on other podcasts where we'll read the bio and then just go into the interview. But for me, it's been, since I speak to men, one of the things I want to do is I want to, I want to hear your thoughts right then and then. Like, this is your bio. This is you. I'm pointing out all the stuff that you've done. You did this. I went to this school. I've got these letters after my name. I've done this in life. What do you think? When was the last time somebody just was like, wow, You've done this. When was the last time you got complimented? It's a rarity for us men. So I think it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with hearing the fruits of your labor, what you've done, your successes. So that's why I read it. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about that. If you are a listener or watcher of this podcast, I do this a certain way. I have the word prize. It's the heart of this podcast. Four of the letters represent characteristics that make a good man. Because this episode is is it's on father's day it's when it's released i'm going to do something different these words we are going to tailor them to fatherhood and we're going to talk about that so the first letter in the word prize letter is p and the word is purpose purpose is defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists so Ernest, as a father what is your purpose as a father, I believe my my purpose is to be an example um, first to my children, then be a leader to my children, and also to, excuse me, to be a guide, right? Did I say guide first? Mm-hmm. I think I already said guide. <laughs> I, <don't Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot what I said. To be a, no, no, I didn't. Example, to be an example, to be a leader, and to be a guide. Right. First of all, to be an example, because our children look at what we do, what we say, what we do. A lot of times they say, you know, do as I say, not as I do and all of that. But you have to be, you know, the thing that you're trying to get your children to be, because that's what they're going to follow first. Right. They're going to follow your example. And so my example of being a, a good person, first of all, because I have I have one biological child, which is my daughter. Then I have four stepsons. Um, I don't. I just only say stepsons because the difference between my biological, but they're my sons. 
Um, and my daughter is the youngest of, of the five. So my first thing is to be a example of a good person, whether male or female, for all of my children, to be an example of uh, a loving person, a caring person, person that looks out for other people and not just, you know, for myself, you know, that looks out for my family. So being that example of what it is to be a, a good person and a hardworking person, you know, and, and those qualities, then to be a leader. So now, first of all, I'm the example, but then now I'm going to lead you by my example to this is what I want you to become. I want you to be this type of person. And then when I get to the point where they are now, uh, definitely before, but when I get to that point where they are now, my daughter's the youngest, she just made 20, you know, and so all of them was like between 25 and 20, you know, my kids. So now is the guidance part of it. So as a father now, I've already showed you an example. I've already led you. Now I'm allowing you to go ahead, but I'm going to guide you from behind, sort of like a, a backseat driver. You know, you, you're going to lead, but I'm watching. Like You might want to slow down for that stop sign right there, you know? Right. <laughs> so that's kind of my purpose as, as a father, the way I see it. Okay. How long did it take you to realize what your purpose was as your as the father? Um, you know what? I I matured early uh in my life. Um as the the buyer said, I was raised in a two-parent household with my mom and my dad. Um it's nine of us all together as far as siblings. And um and so I had the I had the advantage of having both parents there, you know, full time. And I also had the example of my father, number one, of, of a healthy marriage, first of all, of two people sticking through good times and bad times, right? And so I don't, I don't tell my story a lot, but as far as growing up, when I was at my youngest, um, probably like seven or eight that I kind of remember, my dad was working for the phone company. Um, my mom did not work, but my dad worked at the phone company, he had a good job. We had a uh, the big house, two car garage. We had a camper. We went, you know, uh, to um, vacations and stuff in the summertime. You know, like the whole picket fence, the whole American dream situation. Okay. Um, something happened. I'm not. I'm was young when it happened, so I don't know what that transition was, where we lost everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we went from having everything our own to a husband and wife and there are nine kids sleeping in one bedroom at my grandmother's house, you know? So that's a big drop, right. you know what I mean? I From living, living high, should mm -hmm. I say that nice middle-class middle class lifestyle to now your whole family is sleeping in one bedroom at your mom's house, you know? But it was watch having that example of my mom and my dad you know, work together for, you know, through the years to get up, to bring the family back up where we end up eventually buying another house. And, you know, from there, but it was, it was a long journey, you know, to get there, but they stuck out together. So I had that example of a, of a good, healthy marriage, a good, healthy relationship with a, a man and a woman who loved each other and stuck by each other through the ups and downs. Then I had that direct uh, uh, example of my dad, you know, um, and I always say that's why I'm so hard on fathers who walk away because my dad could have easily walked away. It was nine of us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It was nine of us. He could have easily be like, you know what? I'm out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, but he didn't. And he stayed, he was a father. He worked hard and he helped, you know, him and his, him and my mom eventually, like I said, got us back on track, you know, to get our, another home and, and, and kind of rebuild, um, but it was a long journey and, but my dad was there and he was then, he was that example to me, you know, even up until, you know, when my mom passed away, he's still here. He's still taking care of us, you know, looking out for us, call every now, now and then like, Hey, you know, what's going on? How you doing? You know? And so because I had that foundation, such a powerful foundation, I grew up more, or should I say I matured more quicker than, you know, my, some of my other family members, even some of my, you know, family and friends. And so 
it's like I kind of figured out my purpose early. You know what I mean? It's like I was young and I already was like, all right, this is the way I'm going. You know, how I did it, I don't know, but I just had that mindset and I just got it early. But I I, I believe it, it came from, you know, my mom and dad, just it, that investment and that example of watching them, you know, progress. Okay, I hear you. Do you now you mentioned your purpose with being your being the father and you have sons and you have daughters. Are there different purposes for raising a girl versus raising a boy, specifically when it comes to each sex, at least for you? Um, I don't think there's a difference in person per, purpose, um, but I do I, I do think there's a difference in protection and protecting that purpose. You know what I mean? With and it just is what it is. With our boys, we're a little, little more lenient. You know, than we are right. with our girls. Uh, with our girls is more of, uh, and I think because the girls, the girls can have the worst of the consequences from their uh, experiences. Should I say? You know what I mean? Like if, right. if something was happening, a boy get a one of my sons get someone expecting. You know, um, they don't usually have the 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 child with them. You know what I mean? Like the child is usually with the mother. Right. You know, so if they're not married, then you know he can kind of still do whatever it is that he's doing. But then the young lady is stuck with the child or with you know raising the child, especially if the father is not in. You know, so I right. so I I think that's the only difference for me. It's the difference in in protection. So I have to protect my daughter a little more uh um at least from my vision you know it's like all right i'm i'm watching you a little closer you know <laughs> understood i hear you i've got four but i got three girls and a son so i do my best to treat them all the same across the board nobody's perfect there's something different about your girl your little girl mm -hmm. than opposed to so so you know we do what we can but i think rules and regulations and expectations stuff like that they're all going to get but there's a different yeah. emotional connection when it comes to your girl being a girl dad versus being a boy dad you know mm -hmm. different things um the next letter in the word prize is r the word is resilience the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness so there's a different question can you think of a situation where you probably weren't the best father for any of your kids at any point? You were in a situation that you're supposed to be the dad and maybe you didn't handle it the best. If you can think about a situation, how did you handle it? And did you talk about it? Did you communicate it with your children when it happened or afterwards? You know what? So... The one, the one thing that comes to mind, um, so my sons, their mother and I got divorced. Um, we were married probably 10 years, something like that. And so the youngest son kind of, because of his age and as we were going through that whole process, you know, and of course, a divorce is not a, a one week thing. Like it's a it's a process kind of yeah. goes along, you know, with the emotions of it and whatever, you know, um, even though me and me and my wife, we're still very good friends. We still communicate. We still even hang out every now and then, you know, so it was not not fighting or anything like that, but it just was the emotional uh, space that we were in during that time. So. After divorce and everything was over, um, my youngest son, we we're having a conversation and uh, he was actually having a conversation with his mom and she asked him something. I don't remember what it was that she asked him that he didn't know how to do. And she was like, why don't you know how to do that? Because, you know, I know she knows that I taught him how to do it. And she, he was like, no, he didn't teach me how to do it, you know. Uh, whatever situation was. And so what I got from that when I ended up talking to him and I had to apologize to him because as he was growing older, the, the three older boys, I spent time with them. I spent more time with them because they were a little older. By him being so young, 
and getting caught up in that emotional part of our marriage, the my attention wasn't on him. So I didn't give him the same attention as I gave the other boys. You know, I didn't give him the same fathering as I gave the other boys. You know what I mean? Because we were in that weird space. You know what I'm saying? And so when he said that, that brought that to my attention. Like, man, I I, I didn't I didn't do I, I didn't do as good as a job as even just compared to the the older boys. You know, I didn't give him as much time and attention as I should have because of where we were, you know. And again, I had to apologize to to him for that. Um, because that definitely I always want to be a definitely be a good father, you know, but I just was in an emotional space, you know, with the divorce and the things that we were going through that, you know, I I I, I slacked. I slacked in in that time period. So Okay. I hear you. It, it it brings to mind something that every parent will deal with. We grow up and we have families and we want to be the best parent that we can be. But we're human. Mm-hmm. And at some point we're gonna we're gonna slack, like you said. We're gonna fail at certain things. We aren't gonna be the best all the time. So you heard the situation, you kind of talked about it. Obviously, you made a point to apologize to your son. You recognize how he was dealt with in that situation. How did you take that? How was that? How did you feel about that when you kind of came to realization? I, you know, I didn't give him my all in that situation. Where were you when that kind of came to mind? How'd you deal with it? Well, I, I was kind of I was kind of hurt, right? Because again, my my whole purpose, my whole upbringing, and everything, and and the person who I am was built on the foundation of my family, which was my mom and dad. And so that's all have always been something that I strived for and took pride in is being a good father, you know, to, to be able to have that, you know, having that example of my father and then to present myself in the same way or uh, try to be uh, as good as father as he was. And so to, realized that I was I kind of felt short of that and and it wasn't no um no fault to my son. You know what I mean? It was like I, I had to take all the, the blame for that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like man I, I, I didn't like that. You know I, I didn't like that. Um again because that's something I've never want I've always strived to be a good father. And then you know, it's something I take pride in it, it, right. to be in being a good father. And so just, you know, from the outside looking in from from any other person, you know, they're like, oh, you did a great job, you know, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, again, that was kind of an intimate conversation. But just having that conversation to be like, man, I didn't I didn't do as, as good as I would like to have done. You know, I, I hear that. And it's a conversation that we all what's I think. It's not the most fun thing to hear, obviously, and to recognize that. But the best part of that is the recognition of it. It is okay to mess up, to not be the best parent. But the most important thing is that you knew, you reconciled that. Listen, I didn't treat you right. I didn't do the best I could. That's not what my father would have done or whatever. But you learn from that situation. Yeah. I, for me, and I'm still, and this is a continuous journey for me at best, I am continually trying to be a better father, better man every day. And with my kids, when I am not the best father, I think the best thing I can do is relay that to my kids. Yeah, I'm a stay at home dad. So I'm, they see me most of the time. So when I don't do something right, I yell at somebody because they didn't, they didn't deserve it or something happened. If I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, such and such, I shouldn't have said that wasn't your fault. You didn't deserve that, that kind of thing. If any, if nothing else, kids seeing that their parents are fallible, that their parents are human, just like anybody else is a lesson that everybody needs to learn because that allows them to be human too. It allows them to mess up and know daddy messed up, mommy messed up. I'm going to mess up and it's okay. 
So I take those, that's what I get out of it. Those are the lessons I kind of take for myself. I messed up, but I'm going to go to my kid. Like I shouldn't have done that. I said what I said. I apologize. I was wrong. It's particular words. I was wrong. You were right. Stuff that they need to hear. Yeah. And, and I have these moments where I'm like, I think I'm doing right, but I didn't. And then I do my best to relay it. And like, they hear it and it's okay. That isn't perfect. That's all right. We keep it moving. And so I hear you and I can see even in, when you're a parent, you can tell because even when you were talking about it, there was a different tone when you were talking about it because you're a little bit more like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. And you go back and think, and I think that's important. We go back, contemplate as a reminder of being a human being. I'm a father, but I messed up and yeah. it's okay. And I think, I think that's big for us. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned it as far as to be able to um, apologize to our children, right? For some of the things that we did, even if we had the best intentions, you know what, that didn't come out right. Mm -hmm. You know, things didn't work out right. I'm, I'm sorry for that. You know, to be able to apologize for our children. I, I think that's, um, I think that's a monumental thing. And I'm not sure what it does for them or to them, but I know it does something. You know what I mean? And I, mm -hmm. I know that just the example of it to be able to, to uh, admit when you're wrong, especially, and, I, and maybe that's maybe that's what it is, especially when you're in a position where you don't necessarily have to, right? You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to say anything because you could just say, well, I'm the parent and that's that, mm -hmm. you know? And then how does that reflect into the real world? You know, when your children are treated wrong by a boss, or something, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I just got to accept it because they're in a position of power and that's how they treat, you know what I mean? So I think that when we, as they are the first authorities in our children's life can, you know, definitely be like, I love you. But when we mess up, can also come back and say, I'm sorry, that wasn't right. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Then that gives them that balance. And when they go out into the world and they're faced with a person who, you know, maybe a, a authority in whatever the workplace, the school place, or whatever, but maybe misusing that authority, then they have said they can feel comfortable saying, "Hold up, you know, not disrespectfully, but you know what I mean. Like you, mm -hmm. you're not coming off the the right way, or you're not treating me the right way. You know what I'm saying? And and mm -hmm. I think maybe that's maybe that's the thing that that comes out of it. But I know there's there's something in it for us as parents and for the, for our children to be able to say, I'm sorry, I messed up again. Maybe it's just what you said also is just to showing that, that we're, we're human too, you know, um, but maybe it's a, maybe it's both. I don't know. <laughs> what I think, I think, and I've heard the word integrity defined as, you know, the way you act when nobody's looking. So for me, I feel like in a situation where I could just lean on the fact that I'm the adult mm -hmm. and I could just be like, because I told you to or because I did. But in a situation like that where I tell the kid and I don't have to and I still. Yeah, I messed that up. I'm sorry. I didn't have to tell you. And that, I think, shows a lot because we, as we know, children are sponges. They remember, especially when they're babies. They remember everything you said, what you did, how you acted towards mom, how you talked to her, all these things. So in moments when I, when I go above and beyond, that's what they'll take from it. Integrity, I think, is a wonderful thing. And if I can have integrity as a parent, integrity as a father, it, I think you just inject it into your kids. They do it. They don't even know they're a better person because I think in a lot of ways, our kids are agents. I say that all the time. My kids are my agent into the world. I'm sending out mini me's to the world. Mm. So when my people, when people meet my kids, when people meet my son and he opens the door for a woman, oh, he has a good father who taught him right. When I had, when my son goes out into the world and conflict arises and he knows how to deal with conflict, when he knows how to deal with people, when he knows how to deal with situations, people are like, he came from a home where there was somebody there who showed him the way. So yeah. there's so much in how we act, things that aren't even really said, but are just kind of done. And that's what I think kids get from us. Um, I skipped the next letter in the word prize, but we'll come back to it. The next letter in the word prize is Z. The word is zeal. 
Zeal is defined as enthusiastic devotion. Something that you absolutely love. When I ask this question, it's typically for men because men don't do something, don't typically do something that's just for them. So what I mean is that as men, as fathers, as husbands, we're raised to provide, to take care, to do whatever. But typically on that list, we're not on it. We don't take care of us. We take care of our wife or our partner or our kids or our friends or our best whomever, but we never specifically do, so do something for us. So this is the one part of this where I won't specifically go in terms of father, but it works in terms of being a father. What do you do for you that's not work, that has nothing to do with your family, your kids, significant other? What do you do for you, Ernest, for you to stay sane, for you to be the man that you are so you can be a better father to your kids? Um, You know what? I, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, and I was thinking about this the other day. So it's, it's two things. Um, a lot of times what I'd like to do, just for me personally, I like to go bowling, right? And sometimes I'll invite, I'll invite people and sometimes I'll go by myself. Most of the time I'm by myself. I'll go by myself. I'll put my, my earphones on, you know, and I'll go bowling by myself and, and play a couple games, you know, by myself. Um, and then the other thing that I do, I like to take long rides, right? So like I said, I'm in Chicago area. So I would get on the expressway and just ride all the way down. Downtown is probably uh, about 45 minutes from me, you know? So I'll get on the expressway and not even really speed, just cruise, you know, yeah. just cruise all the way downtown into downtown Chicago. And depending on when, you know, the time of day, you if I hit it just right, like when the sun goes down and the, the lights come on and the skyline, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a beautiful sight, you know, and especially if it's a nice breeze, well, it's, it's always a nice breeze, usually coming off the lake. Okay. Yeah, so you just take that ride. There's some nice music and just relax, just relax, take that ride. Um, like I said, I haven't done either of those mm. <laughs> in a little while. Mm. Um, specifically, especially with the ride, is we're and we're in Chicago, so we're just coming out of the winter, you know what I mean? Okay. So in the winter times, ain't no cruising, you okay. know. Understood, understood, understood. <laughs> but um, I, I haven't been I've been bowling uh maybe like one or two times and i haven't been bowling lately so i got that's something i have to do for myself too and i just thought about that the other day too it's like you know what i haven't been i haven't done anything for myself it's just besides working that's all mm, <laughs> and like you said that's that's for everybody <laughs> yeah that's true. That, and that's an, i think there's an important distinction is to do something for yourself and the more I talk to men, the I think the hardest part is not just doing something for yourself, but sometimes you have to do something for yourself. And that might be, that might be something that negatively affects somebody else. And the example I give is I can be, you know, I'm a father, I've got a wife and I've got kids and I've had a hard week and I'm working. And right now I'm just like on the edge, about to lose my mind. I need to go. I'll just use the fact that I go. I'm just saying, I need to go bowling. I need to go do something. Now, I got four kids screaming, upset, want dinner. Mom is probably worked, is worked and is tired and would like to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's those are the moments where we're like, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to do it right now. But those, but if you think about how you are feeling, you have to go. Yeah. And you'd be like, listen, babe, I, I know it's crazy. I know it's hectic right now, but just for my mental health, I need like two hours to just get up away from this. And when I come back, you can do it. And I think we don't think that way. That yeah. sometimes our mental health requires us to go even when it's not convenient. But yeah. taking care of yourself is convenient. Yeah, and and, and I would say that uh, self-care self -care is not selfish. Right, exactly. selfless. Exactly. Because exactly. if you don't take care of your care, you if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of nobody else. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and and even though we, we're talking about fathers, my sister, I have a sister, and my sister have uh, I want to say fourteen kids. Fourteen. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
so even when her kids, like the youngest ones, is is a little older, um, but it's like it's always something going on, right? Mm -hmm. There's always something going on, and right. her husband works, so she's usually the one at home all the time, and so she has to deal with everything, you know. And even with us talking to her, like, okay, I understand, I understand, is one out the another, is this, is that, or whatever, but at some point. You got to get away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's always going to be something else. Yep. And I'm like, the, the older the older kids, it's like 20s going on 30s now. Whatever needs to be happening in the house, they can take care of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be able to take a day, a week, whatever. Probably not a week because she ain't going to take a week, but at least a weekend. You right. know what I mean? And right. I'm like, you, ain't even, you can just come to my house. Ain't nobody at my house. You know, what I'm so you come stay at my house. I won't even. I'll go somewhere else. You know what I mean. Right. So just so you have that time to yourself, that peace and quiet. Like, don't even answer the phone. You know what I'm saying. And right. and a lot of times, especially as parents, when it comes to our kids, we we always feel like we gotta be there. We gotta be there. Gotta be there. Gotta be there. And then, like you said, sometimes to our own detriment, you know, as well as theirs. Because, like I said, we we can't take care of ourselves. You know, you overwork yourself, you get stressed out, you know, you have some kind of uh, uh, medical reaction to the stress or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, then what? You know, you get something happens to you, you get put in the hospital. Right. They still got to maintain while you're gone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you going to maintain while I'm going somewhere I want to be? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or you're going to work yourself crazy until you end up in the hospital or something where you don't want to be and they still have to maintain without you you know so you might as well take that time go on a uh what they call a staycation which yep. you ain't going just you know somewhere near go on a staycation take that time for yourself you know re revive rejuvenate you know rest so then when you come back now you could give them you know, healthy attention. Because another thing that happens is even if you're giving them all the atten attention that they need, eventually you're going to start resenting. Mm -hmm. You're going to start resenting your kids. You'll start resenting your husband or wife. You'll start resenting the job because you'll start thinking everybody is getting all of me except me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then now mm -hmm. you're unhappy with you because you're giving yourself away, but then you're unhappy with everybody else because they take it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. at some point, you got to be like, you know what? For me and us, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well said. Well said. And and it's true. And it's for, and like, it's for every parent. And obviously, as men here, we can speak to it as fathers. But every parent at some point needs to get away from the situation, some space for whatever it is. Walk, yoga, Pilates, go ball, go bowling something you know hiking sometimes mm -hmm. our kids are our kids can be problematic we need yeah. to get up away from them sometimes and i love my kids but sometimes i'm, I'm gonna need <laughs> to step away from you so recognizing the time before you blow up before you explode before you do something you shouldn't it's important to just step away so that you can stay sane the last letter in the word prize is E and the word is expectation. Expectation is defined as a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. When your kids leave home, when it's when, and we never stop raising our kids, so I won't say that, mm -hmm. but when your kids leave and maybe they head out into the world for themselves, what do you expect your kids to leave the house with? What did you give them? What tools did you give your kids to use when they step out and they go out and try to live their own lives? Ooh, uh, <laughs> so one of, the, one of the main things that I've tried to, to give them is strong decision-making tools, you know, um, one of the first ones is facts over feelings. You know, we can't react off our feelings, especially as men, you know? So with my boys, I was real big on that with them. 
Like it's facts over feelings. We have to deal with the facts because the facts don't change. Our feelings will change, you know, and that's something that I definitely teach my daughter um, because women just are more emotional than men. But when a man have, have uh, unbalanced emotions, and I think that's a big problem that we have with the generation of, of our young boys is that emotional, they don't have the emotional uh, temperance, you know, and so they don't know how to act out of facts and not emotion. And so when everything, anything happens, they're quick to react out of emotion. You know, you you get someone step on your shoe and now you're upset about it. And then you're, you're ready to fight, you know, or you say something or, you know, just the reactions is is quicker because it's out of emotion and not taking out the time to think before you react, you know. And so that's one of the main things that I've definitely tried to uh, instill in them. And then um, I have a thing that I talk about. Um, I teach everybody, but I definitely try to teach them which is the difference between decisions and choices, right? You have decisions and then you have choices. So our decisions is definite. Our choices are conditional, right? And so um, I use this as an example. If I am a married man and I say, I want to be, I'm going to be uh, faithful to my wife, that's a decision. So that doesn't change. It don't matter where I go. It don't matter who I'm around. It don't matter what I'm doing. That does not change. So that's a decision. But along with that decision comes a lot of choices. And so if I'm out bowling and a young lady come over and, and wants to flirt with me or, or you know, kind of hit on me, I have a choice to make in that situation. And that choice is do I entertain or do I say, no, I'm good and walk away? And the way that I make that choice is by matching that choice up with my decision. Because again, my decision don't change. And so since my decision is to remain faithful to my wife, then my choice is to walk away because my choice had to align with my decision. So my choice is the conditions will change, the people will change, the environment may change. But if I take that choice and match it with my decision, which never changes, then I always go the right way. And so I, that's one of the things that I teach and I try to teach that to my kids too. Whatever you're doing in your life, you're going to have some definite decisions that you're going to have to make up your mind, the type of person that you're going to be, who you're going to be, right? And you mentioned integrity uh, earlier, you know, like who, what's your character? You know what I mean? Like I don't curse, right? And so it don't matter what happens. I don't curse. So this is one of my definites. So if I stump my toe, I might mumble. I might say, Lord, have mercy. You know, <laughs> I got to be more careful, whatever the term right. <laughs> that I use, but I don't curse, you okay. know? And so it just, those, there are going to be some decisions that you make on the type of person that you are or decisions that you make, uh, you know, whether it's come to work or whether it comes to relationships, just there are going to be some decisions that you're going to have to make to say, this is, I stand firm on this and it's not going to change. And then once you make that decision, then your, your choices should match your decision, you know, and that decisions, those core decisions that don't change will keep you grounded in your foundation of who you are. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. The middle letter in the word prize, it's I. And I don't have it as, it doesn't represent a particular word. It represents the person who I'm speaking to. So whenever I do this, the I is you. And I always ask, who are you? So when I mean that specifically is when I take everything, all the titles. So when you were, you're not a father or a husband or a best friend or an employee or anything, podcaster, um, leader, mentor, anything. When you are just you at your core, who are you? So I'm going to ask you that. Separate from daddiness and manhoodness and all these things, at your core, who are you? Um, that's a good. That's a good question. Uh, 
it's kind of one I, I haven't thought of because I always say at my core, I'm a person that loves people. Even though I'm I'm sort of a loner, because a lot of times I'm by myself, um, I still have a heart for people. So I'm always thinking or uh, looking at opportunities or whatever to help somebody, you know, and it ain't necessarily got to be nobody. I, I don't have to know you, you know what I mean? I don't have to, um, I don't have to, you know, um, owe you anything. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be right. anybody, but as I think really, and I, I have to say that even though it's, is connected to people, I think that's who I am at my core. You know, I'm just a person that like people and, and I like myself because I'm, you know, like I said, I don't mind being alone. Um, and, but even when I'm alone, it's like, okay, how can I be a better person? You know what I'm saying? And then as a reflection of that being a better person, how can I help the next person? You know what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of just who I am in my core. Like I, I like to help people. You know, that's good. that's good. How old is your youngest child? 20. Just made 20 last, last month. Okay. I think with the men that I talk to, you can tell a lot about what a man thinks he should be by what his kids think of him. If I were able to talk to your daughter, she just turned 20. If I was able to put her aside and ask her, what kind of man is your daddy? What would she say? Uh, I think I think she would definitely say the caring part, sort of a little bit similar to what I said. Mm -hmm. Um, the caring person, you know, especially to her. Um, as her being my daughter and being my only daughter too, you know what I mean? So she definitely gets that part of it. Um, but I, I think that, I think that's what she would say. I think that she would say, I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. Um, I, I think I've been a good example of what a, a father should be, uh, a good example of how she should be treated as far as, uh, um, as far as a, a wife, should I say, um, she's seen me through two marriages. So my first marriage was to her mom. And even after our uh, divorce and our ups and downs, you know, through, through the years, you know, she's never heard me or seen me say anything disrespectful to her mom or treat her mom disrespectfully or, or anything like that. Um, even in conversations with her, even now, you know, in her twenties, you know, there's been times when her and her mom don't get, don't, you know, see eye to eye. But even in those conversations, it's, it's, I'm still respectful for her mom to her mom and about her mom and, and teach her to do the same. Um, and definitely with my, uh, second wife, um, they're very close, you know, um, I think because she was, she was probably seven or eight when we got married. So, and for those years, we I think we were married for 10 years. I think we did 10 years. We had 10 years. But those years was her more informative years because now she's growing up and she's seeing our relationship and seeing how I, I treated her, you know, the same thing respectfully and, you know, uh, and all of that. So I think that... Um, I've definitely, she would say I've been a good example of of love and, and respect to her and to her mothers. Um, and definitely a, a person that's been helpful. And same thing, I, and I've taught her, and, and she's a reflection of that, you know, looking out for people. Because I remember her and her mom moved to, take. we're in Chicago. I live in Chicago. Her and her mom moved to Texas. And I remember her telling me, you know, about one of her friends. Uh, she was friends with this young girl and some other girls had started bullying her. 
you know, and she stood up for, you know, she stood up for and everything. And, you know, just hearing that and she called me and told me, yeah, that they would mess with her and I stood up for her and that's my friend and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay. And just to, and this is, again, this is during the time that me and her mom had been divorced, you know, and so to see her pick up like parts of my personality you know, that comes out. And, and I always say, especially with her, I would say our daughters, to me, our daughters, as a father, our daughters get the best part of us. You know what I mean? And so yeah. when when just me, when I'm able to look at her and I can see me in her, like things that she do, the way she act, and it just, I just like, you know, it's just one mm-hmm. of those things, yeah. you know? So I, I, I think that um, she would say I'm, I'm a loving person a respectful person and a caring person i think she would say that okay the part talking about looking at your kids and kind of seeing yourself that definitely resonates with me i'm a music head like i'm an old soul to my core like i love music and with each of these girls that i watch grow up i made a point like days i was hanging out with them i'm like all right we just playing michael jackson today we're going to play some Prince, you know, maybe some Charlie Parker or some Miles Davis or some Coltrane. And now my kids, and I watch them, my youngest daughter is eight and I have a 17 year old one. My goodness, mm-hmm. 17. And, <laughs> and a 13. I have a 17, a 13 and an eight. And they'll be sitting there listening to music and kind of appreciating music. And then it's not the best music yet. They still have time, but, and I'm like, dead. that's, that's me. Like they got that from me, my love of music. And, and it's always good to see yourself in your kid. So when you, so I, I'll see her bobbing her head to something or dancing to something. I'm like, yes, you know, yeah. I probably wouldn't be bobbing her head to that song. Right. But the fact that she loves music like I do, that's yeah. good. So and I, I, my, my daughter was a, a big Michael Jackson fan when she was little. Uh she had the gloves, like she was like everything oh, Michael Jackson, you know. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't know. I, she may have outgrown it. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh she definitely was a big Michael Jackson fan growing up. Good for her. Good for you. Well done. <laughs> good taste. Good taste. Um I like talking. I like talking to dads because I love hearing men talk about our kids. It's it's always a good conversation. There's a gleam in the eye when we talk about our kids and about the people we've brought into the world and raised. And you did, but you mentioned something early on, and I agree with you. I cannot comprehend having a child in this world and leaving. I can't. I can't imagine. I know. I. I. I'm half of a child. That's my kid and not being there. I couldn't do it. And I've said it and not that it's ever going to happen, but I told my wife, if we ever get divorced, I mean, we not going to be cool, I guess. But these (laughs) kids are going to see me a lot. Like I don't just disappear. I'm a father all the way through. So it astounds me. I couldn't do that. I don't know how. And obviously it's something you have the benefit of a father who was there and you're a father that's there. I don't get it. With that, I would like to kind of end this episode with this. If you could give advice to a, a a man who's about to become a father or one who is a father now and is kind of disheveled, confused, doesn't think he's doing it right, what advice would you give to a young man who now has the responsibility of raising a child? How would you lead him in the right direction? Well, First thing I want to I want to address real quickly is the the walking away, right? So I would be remiss if I said that I never had a point that I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going I'm going to bounce. When me and my daughter's mom went through our divorce, um that one wasn't too good. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of back and forth and issues when it came to my daughter, because when we got divorced, I said, we had a house, we had cars, we had all that stuff. I was like, look, I don't care about none of that. You had a house, you got a car, you have all that. The only thing I don't want you to touch 
is my relationship with my daughter. So, of course, since that was my only <laughs> weakness, <laughs> when I get to pushing the buttons, they're going to push you where it hurts, you know? And so we were kind of having some some issues with, with you know, me getting, being able to get my daughter, have my daughter, things like that. And it was really bad. And for a brief second, for a brief second, I was just like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm I'm tired of this, whatever, whatever. I can just just let it go and wait till she turned 18. Um luckily for me, because of my upbringing and because of the person that I am, I didn't allow myself to stay at the, to stay there, you know. But I'm not I'm not going to say I never had it because I think that when life hits us, you know what I mean? we can find ourselves in a whole lot of different situations that we never thought we'd be in, you know, but again, like I mentioned earlier, those going back to those decisions, right? What's those definites? One thing for sure. That's a definite is I'm always going to be a father and I'm always going to be in my daughter's life. Mm -hmm. So when I was in that situation and I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of arguing, whatever, whatever. I can just be like, no, nah, I'm just gonna wait till she get 18. Those decisions come back to mind. No, that don't that don't align. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that choice doesn't align with your decision. You know what right. I mean? And so I I didn't stay there. And I was like, no, nah, that's that's not an option. You know. And so went on from that. So I don't I don't I just wanted to say because again, life happens. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations. And unfortunately, for some of our children, you know, there are fathers who just be like, who makes that decision or who makes that choice and then do walk away, you know, for whatever time period. I don't care if it's a week. You know what I mean? It's like, unfortunate, it's unfortunate that you made a choice to be absent. You know what I mean? And so um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. But I appreciate it. I my advice, and this is something that I, I I tell everybody as a father and as a stepdad, uh definitely as a stepdad. There were two things that I told my kids, um, especially my sons, when I came into their lives, um, that would never change. Number one, you always know I love you. And number two, you always know I have your best interests at heart. So I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to, you know, make sure that's always in your mind that you know I love you and you know I have your best interests at heart. Now, everything else that happens, you might not like, you might not agree with, you know, you might not appreciate, but whatever happens you will know that i love you and i have your best interests at heart so whatever decisions you know you're trying to be the best father that you can you know you make some mistakes as we all do you know sometimes we get it wrong most of the time hopefully we get it right mm -hmm. but as long as your child knows 100 my dad loves me and he always has my best interests at heart even when he fails, he did it from a place of love. Even when he fails, he did it trying to do something that's going to be in my best interest. You know, and I think that when you have that, it goes a lot farther than maybe even some of your actions. You know, again, if we are, do fail in trying to do something and it don't come out right and it don't, you know, it don't come out the way that we wanted it to our kids can know, okay, I know dad loves me and I know he was doing his best. It didn't come out right. You know, I don't like the, <laughs> you know, I don't like the decision or maybe I don't like the consequence or whatever, but I know he loves me and I know he has my best interests at heart, you know, and I think that's big, uh, especially as step parents. Um, I often get that question, you know, how did you build your relationship with your, with my sons? And I said, just on those two things, you know, and it's, a little harder as a step parent because mm -hmm. you're not the biological parent. So that's always there. Whether they said or not, that mm -hmm. fact is always there. Yep. So 
they have to know, yes, I know I'm not your biological father, but you also will know that I love you and I have your best interests at heart. So no matter what, you could bank on those two things, you know, and so that would be my advice. That's wonderful advice, bro. That is wonderful advice. This has been a fantastic conversation. Where can these listeners and watchers find you and how can they follow you? Well, you can follow me um, two places. So one, um, Deals to Heal with E. James podcast. Um, that's on YouTube, we're on Facebook, you know, all of those places. Um, but newly, newly to the podcast world, uh, since we're talking about fatherhood, I have started recording a new podcast, which is called Girl Dad Discussions, which is uh, discussions with fathers that have daughters. And uh, which uh, you've been on and we've talked about, uh, you know, raising our daughters and, and things like that, um, which we are recording. I'm recording right now. So hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, we'll already start putting the episodes out on Fridays because the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast come out on Wednesdays. So I want to put the uh, the Girl Dead Discussions podcast on uh, release on Fridays. Uh, but you can watch them under the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast on YouTube. There is a um, a playlist for the podcast, for the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast with all the episodes. But then under that same channel, there's a playlist with uh, the Girl Dad Discussions podcast. And so, yeah, so you can go there. Also, um, my regular website is dealhealfulfill.org because that is my mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill, deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, you can find me bowling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, um, that's where you can find me everywhere. And the Girl Dead Discussions podcast is, is starting up, and so hopefully you'll be seeing that around too. Um, but if you just want to watch it, it will be on the same YouTube channel as uh, the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Excellent. Excellent. All that information will be in the episode notes. So mm -hmm. feel free in case you didn't write that down, which is cool. You'll be able to find it in the notes. Thank you very much for this conversation. No I problem. Appreciate I, I love it. it. It's always good. I love talking. I love, I love having a conversation with a man. I love, I love fatherhood. I love discussing it. So your, your knowledge, your experiences is something that I know I gained something from, and I hope every man who is listening gained from, um, to everybody. Again, fathers, happy Father's Day. I hope this day is good. I hope the day is fun. Mm -hmm. I like to, I'm going to end this episode like I always do. Some fathers won't be with their kids today. There are mm -hmm. some dads who, through no fault of their own, or maybe through fault of their own, are not with their kids. These are, this is a hard time. Father's Day is a time to be enwrapped in, in you know just surrounded by your children the people who love you but some of us at times are not that lucky mm -hmm. so i want you to take the time no matter the circumstances no matter how bad you're feeling today to understand that you brought some wonderful people into the world and they may not be there with you but they're there in spirit mm -hmm. just remember that you brought somebody special into this world remember that and at some point you're going to get to see them but don't let how bad you may feel today lead to bad decisions talk to somebody find somebody to talk to it is my mission on this podcast to remind men that you can and you must talk to somebody who's your friend who's your boy who somebody's going to talk to you somebody will listen a friend a colleague a family member will understand what you're going through so talk before you act yeah. You want to talk? Email me if you need to. I'm here. Men of zealous nature at gmail.com. Hit me up and then we'll talk and we'll keep you on the right path. Because life, it's we know roller coaster up and down, yeah. and them lows can be tough. But even when you fall in that hole, just know that you've got a friend and somebody who will help you get out if you need it. Thank you to everybody who watched and listened. Thank you to Kristen McGriff, who does my intro and my outro. 
the smooth voice to bring you in, the smooth voice that you're going here to get out. It's wonderful. Thank you, Mr. James, for listening. Thanks for being on here. This was a wonderful episode. Finally, fathers, never forget, ever forget that you are the man, you are daddy, and you're the prize. Have a good day. Enjoy. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Men Are the Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.